Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today I'm going to talk to you about one of the greatest gifts that we've been given as one of the most powerful tools to help have hard conversations that help us live in tension, solve problems, and protect the relationship all at once. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back. I hope that your fall is going well. I hope that you are having a great fall. I know that so far it has been a great fall for me. It's been a really hard fall, uh, a really hard autumn. As uh, someone corrected me this week and said, it's not fall, it's autumn. I was like, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll say that when I remember. When I won't, don't remember, I won't. Uh, that's not personal. It's just that my brain doesn't work that way And remembering. Anyhow, a little ADHD there for your morning. I hope that your autumn is going well. I hope things that are, are moving along for you. Uh, I was talking to one of my daughters and she brought up, you know, she said, dad, man, I can't believe that we are almost to the end of the year. We, we tend to plan as a family. We tend to plan for the year and, and then we supplement through throughout each quarter. And, and she was like, I'm just, man, it's, it's, we're almost to the last end of the year. And, and she's going to be, she is a senior, so she's going to be graduating. And she was like, and then it's going to be my, my, my graduation year. And I was like, yeah. And you'll blink and you'll be my age having this conversation with one of your teenage kids. And, and that's kind of how life goes. So one of the things that I think is so important is that no matter what, we want to make sure that we are soaking up every moment, that we are embracing every moment, that we are spending each moment in a way that will live beyond us, that we will just soak up the beauty of every moment because every moment is literally a gift. And so it's really important that even when life is hard, that we are cognizant of that. Even, and this is something I'm, I'm talking to some teenagers in the near future about mindset. And, and one of the things that will be a, a, a point of emphasis in that is no matter what, your life is a gift. Today is a gift. And, and even if there are people, especially for teenagers, but even if there are people in your life that, that certainly don't help it feel like a gift, eventually we move to the place where we get to make choices and we have to own the power of our lives. We have to own the power of our choices. We have to own our control of our own lives, our ownership of our own lives. And one of the things that we constantly control is how do we look at life? And I want to talk to you today about what I think is one of the best gifts given to us, one of our best tools as parents, as people in intimate relationships. And, and so, you know, often when I say that, people think a spouse or partner, and that's true. But, but even, you know, just in relationships that you are close with, uh, this tool is something that is simple, it's easy to use, and it can literally change how you interact with the world around you, including when you know someone who doesn't think uh, that today is a gift, 
that that it was a gift to wake up this morning. And even yourself, when you're not sure about something, if you're willing to talk to yourself, this is a gift that you can use all the time. Now, you might be thinking like, okay, Joe, is this some sort of like spoof where you're going to sell me, you know, for $19.99 right in and I'll send you blah, blah, blah. No, it's none of that. It's literally something you can do as soon as you're done listening to this episode today. And that is, I want you to learn to make a phrase one of your key responses when there is high emotion or distress, either in the person that's talking to you or in the case of you talking to you, you talking to yourself, so inside your own head. Let's start with kids. Your teenager comes to you. Your 11-year-old comes to you, and they are distressed, and they are telling you things, uh, and you want to you, you immediately see down through the corridors of time, you see the future, and you know that the decision that they are contemplating, it if they choose wrong, it is going to bring them pain and suffering, and it's going to go really bad. And, and so you are, you are just absolutely distressed about this. And so you try to correct them, and it doesn't go well, leading to more distress. Your spouse, partner comes to you and says, hey, I was thinking we should consider moving to Colorado and living on a ranch there. And immediately, you see through the corridors of time, you think about your four children and how they are all in, in school, and they're going to be mad if you uproot them. You think about how hard it is to live on a farm. You think about how hard it is to make a living on a ranch. You think about the fact that you know no one in Colorado. You think about the fact that you don't want to go to Colorado because they have terrible weather. And you go through all of these things and immediately you respond with more distress. Or your neighbor comes to you and asks you like, hey, I see you're building something there on your property and I am curious what you're building. And you tell him that it is a kid's playhouse swing set thing and he immediately responds with anger and you feel your mirror neurons kick off and you want to respond to his response of anger with anger one of the greatest tools one of the best gifts that we have been given is our ability to control what comes out of our mouth next and that phrase that i want us to learn i want to start a revolution today i want us to say okay, tell me more. I'm telling you as a parent and a spouse, this is your greatest gift given to you as a tool to help move the conversation further down the road so that you can live in tension and protect a relationship and solve problems. It's literally one of the best tools we have. When I, when I meet with people who are like, well, I just don't know how to talk to my husband. I don't know how to talk to my wife. I don't know how to talk to my kids. I always ask them, have you ever tried this tool? Okay, tell me more about that. You're 20-year-old who's never left the house, who barely can keep a job, who doesn't have a license because it was taken, says to you, I'm going to go buy a new Dodge Ram. Okay, cool. Tell me more about that. Because here's the thing. You and I both know he or she is not going to buy a new Dodge Ram. They're not going to get approved. They don't have a job. They don't even have a license. So you gain nothing by trying to ha make those points with them. Nothing. Well, but Joe, it's my job to help them think. Yeah, that's probably true, but there's probably a better time. Uh, in the earlier example, your, your spouse says, hey, we're moving to Colorado or I want to move to Colorado. Okay, tell me more. When you say, okay, tell me more, 
You're inviting conversation. Your 14-year-old tells you, hey, uh, when I get older, I'm not going to do this thing, fill in the blank. That is a family uh, value. Okay, cool. Tell me more. Your spouse says, I'm thinking about quitting my job again because I don't like my, my boss doesn't like me. Okay, tell me more. Your spouse comes to you and says, I don't feel like you're doing enough around the house. And you feel like, good Lord, I don't know how much more I could do. Okay, tell me more. I had a client who, as a family, they had this plan for their their child, uh, post-high school plan, right? This college plan that was very detailed. The kid was going to go to this school because both mom and dad went to this school. Mom and dad's mom and dad went to that school. Aunts and uncles went to that school. The kid was going to major in this major. All of these things uh, that, that I think... Often, well-intentioned parents can be tempted to do. Well-intentioned parents can be tempted to uh, overplan for their kid's future. And so there's all of this distress going on. And what happens is the kid gets into their senior year and says, I'm not sure I want to do that. And both mom and dad was like, what do you mean you don't want to do that? This is our plan. And World War three through seven breaks out for days, weeks. I mean, we're talking, it's rolling into months. And so they reach out, know someone who knows someone who knows someone, they make an appointment and they come in. And I said to mom and dad, can I ask you a question? Have you ever considered just looking at her and saying, okay, tell me more. Why don't you want to go to school that everyone in your lineage has gone to? Why don't you want to major in this thing that you've said you've wanted to major in since you were five? Why? Can you tell me more? Here's a second half of this tool that you can use. I want to understand. Because right now, wherever you are listening to this podcast, whether you're listening to it in a small gym, a big gym maybe, I don't know, in your car, at your house, on a track somewhere in an airport, wherever you're listening to it, I want you to raise your hand. I don't care who's around you. I don't care what's going on. If you're driving, keep one hand on the wheel. If you just feel there are too many people in this world trying to understand you, just just raise your hand. Teachers, I, I'll talk to teachers and I'll say, they'll say, well, my students will say the most outlandish things. Cool. Ask them, can you tell me more? I want to understand stand you. Okay, so you can't see this, and this is a very ADHD moment that might get cut, but I really hope it doesn't. I record this, obviously, into software, and I can see what my voice looks like in a print, and that was a very cool little picture. That might I might actually screenshot that and put it up uh, in some of my social medias. All right, back to the, back to the podcast episode. Raise your hand if too many people want to understand you. Now, just assume that you're normal, relatively speaking. Most people want to be understood. Ladies, hear me on this. I am telling you, I guarantee it, your husband does not feel like that many people want to understand him. And I'm willing to bet that if I caught him in any given seven days, he would feel that you don't necessarily want to understand him. And I know you're thinking, Joe, I'm a good wife. And you know what? I believe that. I believe that you are. I do. But good wives usually have a lot that they want to get done. And they don't usually understand how men think. I think that's one of the biggest problems with our society. We've given up trying to understand how men think, and worse, we vilified it and turned it into something, quote, toxic, when there 
are certainly things that happen that are toxic, but to just label the whole thing toxic is stupid. It, it is a symptom of our all or nothing thinking. And even in that, when people use that term with me, I say to them, could you tell me more about what that means? Here's what this does is it puts a pivot into the conversation where we try to understand first and talk second. We try to understand first and communicate second. We tend, and I hear this all the time, well, you have to listen to respond. No, you have to listen to understand and you have to understand to respond. So when you say, okay, tell me more, you find out more about what's going on in their world. You find out more about their perspective. You have the opportunity to sit back and say, okay, let me understand you first. And a lot of the time, especially with kids, and by kids, I mean your offspring, most of the time, not all of the time, but a lot of the time, you can just let it run. You can just let it go out. And and in two weeks, they're not going to be on whatever it is they're on right now. Yeah, but Joe, what about that client you had? You know what? The daughter didn't go to the university that mom and dad and grandparents went to, and it was okay. Four years later, she graduated from the school she went to. She went and got a master's in the field that she, or she's getting a master's in the field that she wants to go into and everybody's okay. And they literally lost three months of relationship because they were arguing something that doesn't matter, which is another benefit of this tool. It buys you time to check your own emotions and to decide is whatever this thing is that you're talking about actually worth you losing relationship over. And there are things. There are things that are worth you risking relationship over. Worth you, worth you risking damage in the relationship. Worth you risking, uh, if you've been listening for a long time or if you've read my book or read my blog, which by the way, we're resurrecting, I believe. It's worth you risking emotional withdrawals in your emotional security bank. But those are pretty few and far between. Just this week, I said to my daughter, I'm a little nervous about how self-centric some of your decisions are. I have three daughters, so you won't be able to figure out which one. And I risked something there, and it needed to be said. But most of the time, I can get by with, okay, tell me more. Dad, I'm going to this university in Florida. Okay, tell me more. Dad, I'm going to this university in northern Michigan. Okay, tell me more. Dad, I'm never going to care about the Bible the way you and mom do. Okay, tell me more. I have friends, literally what people I would say, okay, they're, you know what? I really enjoy being around them and they are atheist. And they'll say to me, I just can't come around to what you think. Awesome. Tell me more about that. I think you're wrong when you say that emotional security is important. Okay. Tell me more about it because here's the thing. I don't have to risk relational uh, deposits with that. I don't have to risk, I guess they'd actually be re relational withdrawals for that. I can just listen and understand my wife says to me, I think you're being unkind. I do not do this well. I'm just going to get that out there. Okay, tell me more. Most of the time I'm like, what? You're crazy. Instead of, okay, tell me more. And, and then you know what? Here's the thing about this. You can end up disagreeing, but even in your own life, stop and ask yourself this question. When someone disagrees with you, are you more likely to hear if they lead with the disagreement or if they lead with trying to understand you? I was talking to a couple this week. Uh, and there is um, substance abuse in the relationship and longstanding substance abuse. And, and the, the spouse that is struggling with the substance abuse went to rehab and uh, came back. And, and they're, still in the, they're still in the honeymoon phase. 
of, of that return. But things were going really well. And I pointed out that one of the things that was going well was that for the first time in a very long time, they both believed that they were playing a game that they could win, right? As, as humans, we engage in things that we believe we can win. Very rarely do we engage in something that we think we can't win. And so as they're engaging this, the, the, the person with the substance abuse says, well, I feel like you're saying it's all about my substance abuse. Okay, awesome. Tell me more about that because I want to understand that. Now, here's the thing. I knew the minute those words were spoken that I disagreed with them, but I can hit pause and give myself time to make sure of that by hearing more because how often do you and I and the whole world use words that we don't actually mean? How often do you and I say something and we actually meant to say it a little bit more nuanced than that? Or we just flat out misspoke. That happens. And so I said, okay, awesome. Tell me more about that. And they did. And then when it was done, I was like, I actually don't agree with what you're saying. But I had spent the time to make sure that they knew I wanted to understand them first. All right. So that's how it works when you're working with someone else. I could almost make this two, two separate episodes. I'm a little nervous about time. We're going we're gonna to transition right now into what does it mean for you? You're about to start something and your brain screams, don't do it. You will fail. Okay. Tell me more. What does it mean if I fail? Why does it matter if I fail? Don't do it. Your spouse will reject you. Okay. Tell me more. What does it mean if she says no, if he says no? Don't do it. It will end badly. Okay. So what does that mean? This is too hard. Just quit. Your brain ever tell you that? This is is too hard. Just quit. Is it just me? Okay. Sorry. Okay, cool. Tell me more. What does that mean? Uh, I, I had a former employee leave and and that's fine that happens we're in a transient industry uh but two things happen one during covid mental health providers of any of any ilk of any skill were really in demand and and wages artificially increased and so this guy stayed with us through covid and then left and then he started recruiting people out of my company which is fine you can do that but he said to one of them well joe's just really arrogant and if you know me, I hope that I do exude confidence. I hope that I do exude, exude belief in my abilities. And I also hope that there's humility there that I know I could be wrong and I've changed my opinion. And I've had people tell me like, it's so weird. You have these really strong opinions that you're willing to change. Yeah, be- because you have to when you get more information, but that's a whole different episode. And so I went to the guy and I'm like, dude, I hear that you're, uh, that you think I'm arrogant. Help, help me understand that. Tell me more. But I had to work through it first in my brain because here's this guy who, like, I want to just eviscerate. I'll just be honest. My natural response to threats, my my threat response internally is to raise the earth, right? Just drop a bunch of nukes. And I, wa- I, I want to just blow the guy up. I want to be like, you know what, buddy? In the 18 months since you've left us, you've had three jobs. Like, Clearly, it wasn't us. Before you came to us, you had a job that you saw five clients a week because you couldn't keep the clients. Like, I, 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 I want to put them on blast as my kids. Maybe, maybe they don't say that anymore. They used to say. Somebody says it. And I got to say to myself, okay, wait, tell me more. What does that get you? How does that help you? How does that help you achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve? What does that do? I've got to run that out in my head. Okay, tell me more. I had a situation where someone, 
And this is not, these stories are not so you feel bad for me. Man, right now my brain is screaming at me. Get different stories. These are not so you feel bad for me. They're, they're, I'm trying to this season to, to do a better job of using some personal examples because I'm a little afraid when I run into people who don't know me. They think that somehow I'm sitting outside of these examples, right? That I use examples from people I know or clients and that somehow, some way, these examples are outside of my life and they're not. And so I had someone that worked for us uh, that was beyond that, that we kind of brought into our life. We would, we would hang out together on holidays. And it ended really badly. And in fact, it ended that their department was a mess. And there was this part of my brain that kept screaming, you have to reach out to them. You have to try to restore the relationship. And I have to ask myself, okay, wait, tell me more about that. What's going on here? You need to take time to understand what's going on inside yourself before you talk to other people. Because what I realized was, no, that's just the traumatized me who doesn't let a lot of people into the inner circle feeling betrayed and wanting to fix feeling betrayed. The other person isn't repentant. They aren't sorry. There's no remorse. It would just end this way again. And this is a tool that I think you can use internally because if you can recognize your feelings, and I know for some people that's a difficulty that they're still trying to work out, and that's fine. That, that, that's where you're at. That's where you're at. But when you can recognize your emotions and you can recognize that your emotions are driving you to do something, you can stop and ask yourself, okay, I need to, I need to figure out more about this. I need to tell myself more about this. I need to talk to myself more about this. What is it that I think I gain by doing this? What is driving my decision to do this? Why am I wanting to do this? That's what happens. That's how you drive yourself. That's how you help yourself make better decisions. Even, and, and you can do this simultaneously. Somebody comes up with your kid, your husband, your wife comes up and says something intense to you. You can ask them, okay, tell me more. And internally you can say to yourself, what's going on inside of me? How do I look more into myself? How do I challenge myself more? Okay, tell me more. All right. That's today's episode. I hope that you find this tool useful. We might actually, I might actually end up doing uh, one whole episode on, on how you use this for yourself. Uh, if you would like that, let me know. You can reach me at joe at joemartino.com. All the social medias, I'm on there somewhere. Find me, let me know. If you found value in this, please share with three of your friends. Feel free to just hit that share button. If you haven't already subscribed, do that. There's lots of exciting things coming up. Uh, we are looking to publish... Uh, two books in the next two years. And I've got literally, I told someone the other day, I have 14 books. And he's like, you have 14 books written? I'm like, no, but I have 14 books outlined. I have about 20 book ideas. Now, will they all come to fruition? Of course not. But I would love to write those books. And if I'm going to do that to get the most impact, I need to increase my social media. So I need your help with that. Feel free to hit subscribe. Uh, we're, we're about to redo my website and you can get blog posts or articles sent to you once a week. We're not going to sell your information, any of that stuff, but we are looking to grow this. Lots of exciting things coming. I have a men's group that'll be starting by the time this goes up. It'll probably actually have already started uh, a men's group. That's, it's kind of like a book club. That's going to meet at my office on Saturday mornings. If you want information about that, reach out and let me know. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.